time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Third Line Grinders podcast. I am your host, Nick Jundro. As always, I am joined by Cameron Pierce. We have a big episode for you today. We have so much to catch up on. The draft, free agency opening up. The Bruins have a new head coach. Trades that have gone on. Some crazy signings. But we'll get to all that. Cam, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Nick. It's been a little while. Uh, It's free agent season. And look, it's it's a great time of year for hockey, despite there not being any hockey. I think my two favorite days on the hockey calendar are the trade deadline and the day that free agency opens. And uh, I actually completely forgot about free agency opening on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. I sat down at the break room at noon uh, at work on Wednesday and started getting all these updates on my phone within like a five-minute period. I mean, we'll get to it, but the first like 20 minutes of free agent day uh, were pretty bonkers. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, I forgot about free agent yeah. day. So I it just was like, buzzing. I just grabbed the remote in the break room and flipped it to ESPN and, and just sat there for like an hour just watching everything at work. Did they do a trade deadline show? Uh, they did it, well, a free agent show. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They they did a free agent show on uh, on ESPN. It was like it was like four goalies and Emily Kaplan. <laughs> it was or three goalies. It was the guy the guy who hosts it. I don't remember his name. He does a lot of the ESPN. It was a bunch of grass. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And then it was Brian Boucher, Kevin Weeks, and and Rick DiPietro. And then, yeah, no, and I I couldn't figure out who he was until someone finally said his name. I was like, "Holy shit, Rick DiPietro!" Oh my god, I think he's still getting paid. What is up with New York and the and the long ass contracts between him and Bobby Bonilla? I don't know. Why don't you ask uh, your Washington Nationals that question? (laughs) No, I don't want to talk about that. That that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it doesn't count if it gets rejected. (laughs) You did mention a free agency, Will. We are also free agents now. We are on the open market. If anybody is looking to take on these two young studs like ourselves that yes. enjoy some hockey talk Dunks. and some other banter and bullshit, we are uh, open for business. So, uh, unfortunately, we are no longer partnered with the Black and Gold Productions Group, which is why I did not say it at the top of the show. But we do want to thank them for the opportunity that they did give us. They put us on a big platform. Uh, really got our show some some listens, some likes, got our social medias going a bit. So Got us connected um, with some pretty cool people. Yep. And, uh, you know, we still we still hope to get, you know, some of those guys that do work over there uh, on the show as guests so we can talk some, some hockey and get a, a different perspective other than just Cam and I. But for now, we will say, you know, thank you to the BNG team for, for bringing us on. And it was a fun ride. And best of luck in the future that's all i really gotta say yeah absolutely it was a great opportunity we love working with people who share our enthusiasm for the game even if it's not necessarily from the same perspective that we often have and we've definitely shared that 
throughout yeah. this past season that we have very different perspectives from a lot of those people. And, you know, that's, that's totally fine. We cater to different audiences. Nick and I speak from our perspectives and, and they often speak from just the Boston perspective and that's totally fine. Um, yep. We, and I actually really enjoyed working with some of those people in the past year because of that difference in perspective. I, th- I think that when you combine two groups of people who, often just come from a different viewpoint in any walk of life, whether it's sports or politics or whatever, like that's how you get the most done. That's how you uh, alter your own perspective and other people's perspective. It's how you make people think. So I'm glad that we got to work with a lot of people like that. It was a fun opportunity and I just love working with people who share their enthusiasm for the game like we do. So. So well said, Cam. Well said. Yeah. Cheers to them. Thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to working with some of them in the future anyway. So. Yep. Cheers to them. Salute to that. But uh, why don't we get right into it, Cam, with uh, the what is the oldest news, but something that we never even got to touch on other than, you know, a few text message exchanges between us two is the Bruins finally hired a new bench boss. They hired Jim Montgomery. Uh, There was a lot of scuttlebutt that it was going to be David Quinn. You and I both voiced our opinions that we did not want that. Um, I didn't, I'm not going to lie, like, I vaguely remember Montgomery coaching in Dallas. I know he he had a, a personal issue that he had to deal with, and uh, he was relieved of his duties, but I think he was in St. Louis the last couple seasons running their power play. I guess their power play numbers were, were up pretty good. Uh, so, Cam, what do you make of, of the hiring of Jim Montgomery? How do you think he's going to mesh with this, with this group of players? Um, I think it's good to bring in a guy who's been around the league for a few years. He has the head coaching experience, but he also knows how to work with a good group of players like the St. Louis Blues. So like he's been around mm-hmm. he's been around winning talent and I think that that's important. I think it's good to get that perspective into the locker room. Um however, I'm not overall a fan of this move by the Boston Bruins because Jim Montgomery to me and and this is based off of some of the comments in his presser that he did uh post hiring. You know, he said that he had conversations with Patrice Bergeron and fully trusts in Bergeron's ability to lead this team uh, and yada yada. To me, that just speaks more to the idea that the Bruins, whether it be the higher ups in the front office or the players in the locker room, did not like Cassidy's, his philosophy as a coach. And that's, you know, being tough on the players, especially the younger players who probably need someone to be tough on them. And to me, that comment from Montgomery basically just said, you know, he's going to let Bergeron handle the inside the room kind of attitude and mentality. He's going to be the guy kind of not running ship necessarily. To me, it just seems like Montgomery is going to be an overseer. And that works with some organizations. Don't get me wrong. We just saw, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning get to a third consecutive Stanley Cup final with John Cooper being a pretty hands-off coach. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to being around the team, you know, he does his coaching duties, but he's not in the locker room. You know, he he's not the guy who's hyping the team up necessarily or, or directing the, the in the locker room day to day stuff. He's just kind of the overseer pulling some strings. Jim Montgomery, I don't know if he's that kind of coach. And to me, the whole thing just means just says to me, Jim Montgomery is the antithesis to what 
Bruce Cassidy was as an NHL coach with the Boston Bruins, who was very hands-on, who was very involved with the players, very hard on the young players. And to me, I don't see that with Jim Montgomery. And I think the Bruins wanted the polar opposite of, of Bruce Cassidy with this signing, and they got it. Yeah, I mean, I the way you, you just broke that down, which I thought was fabulous it's way better than what i'm going to provide other you right than now. the stuttering i thought it was pretty good too i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i would based off of what you said to me it sounds like he's basically coming in to be quote unquote a babysitter yeah and he's gonna just you know he's gonna have a minimal locker room presence he's gonna let the guys kind of do what they want and Listening to his press conference, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, we're going to be a hard, like a hard-nosed team. Like we're going to constantly be in on the four check and we're going to back check. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of just like checking the list. So like really we don't know until we see the product on the ice. Sure. Or right. see, you know, how he runs his practices or, or anything like that. But to me, it sounds like he's basically just brought in here to say, hey, yeah, I'm the coach, but you guys listen to Patrice, and if he gets resigned here, that's great. It's his team. You listen to him, and he'll listen to whatever I have to say or any criticisms I may have or ideas I may have, but really it's his team and then you guys. So that sounds like a babysitter type thing, which is, I th which is where I agree with you, Cam. Like, I think that's what they kind of wanted because these young guys can't take the criticism like that that Bruce Cassidy would provide. You know, looking at you, Matt Grizzlick. Um, Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque. And shocker, of course, like DeBrusque sends his trade request and he's like, oh, no, I love it here. Like, I love it so much. Like, so it seems like Montgomery's going to give these guys a longer leash and a little bit more freedom. And, you know, I hope that pays off for them in the long run i think in the short run it, it definitely will but it's all about the product on the ice and if this team continues to look like you know we saw how up and down they were last year if if they're going through these ups these peaks and valleys but the valleys are too low because if you look at the starting lineup right now without bergeron and you know without Krejci, charlie coyle is your top line center and you're missing Marchand and McAvoy and Grizzlick, who I'm all set with. But, <laughs> dude, it's not like a great scenario to work with, really. So it's that's why I think, you know, they probably looked at a guy like Montgomery who is going to let the guys kind of run the room and do what they want. And where Cassidy was, his expectations were very high, which they should be. But... We saw that team last year where they they couldn't score a fucking goal and they would be given up five or six five or six goals a game for like a two week stretch and then they go back to playing grinded out hockey where they win a game three to two and then they would have some some blowout wins. It's like I'm looking for consistency in this team, but I don't know how much they're truly gonna get given the injuries that they have, you know, going into the start of the season. No, exactly. The injuries is the biggest part of it for me and, and just to, to put it into perspective on, on where this team is and this is when they're healthy 
and this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I think it gets the point across. If you go to the Bruins' daily face-off page right now and look at projected lines, your center core at the moment is Jack Studnika, Pavel Zaka, Charlie Coyle, and Thomas Nosek. It's not looking great, <laughs> Nick. It's not looking great. And with so many guys injured right up until Christmas, really, no, uh, late November into December around Christmas time, uh, with so many guys injured and with the other moves that we've seen uh, with free agency and with trades going on, listen, I'm going to say it right now. For me, Ottawa takes your spot as a, yeah. a playoff team at the moment. And I'm just saying this as well, to be blunt, I'm okay with that. I... Like I'm not okay with it. I don't want the Bruins to stink, but it's looking like they're going to stink on ice right now, at least for the first half of the season. And also, like I'm low key happy for Ottawa that they look like they're going to have a serious product for the first time uh, in like four or five years. So I think that's right. great. I think that's great for Ottawa. I think that's great for the league and the sport, whatever. But it just it makes me so mad, Nick, watching. All the moves that were made in the last handful of days, whether it be signings or trades, and we'll get to like the Zaka trade and everything that the Bruins were involved in, which I actually really like. But you look at what like Ottawa just did. You look at what Detroit's done in the last few days. You look at what I say almost any team that actually made some kind of a signing or the names that were available and they've done nothing. The Bruins have done nothing. They've not made a signing with an uh, with an AAV above a million dollars. Right. It's all just guys on two-way contracts or short money one-way contracts We're talking for one about year. AJ Greer, who's played like I think fifty career games and has like ten career goals. points. I think he has two goals. Yeah, Con- Connor Carrick, who's been a, a bit of a career suitcase. And I like Connor Carrick uh, as a player, but he's another undersized defenseman who's more of a stay-at-home guy. Woo! And I don't have a problem with a stay-at-home guy, but 5'11", 190 pounds. Listen, I, do, I don't see anything there. Oh, and Keith Kincaid. Yeah, phenomenal move. 33 years old. Uh, has never been really anything more than like a fringe backup in the National Hockey League, let alone a starter. I mean, he's a third string, like Providence back and forth type of guy who you can right. call up when when Allmark or Swayman need a night off. But it's just so effing frustrating, Nick. And, I, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because I know that we're in agreement on a lot of this. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people who will listen to this and agree with some of the, the shit that I'm saying here. It's just really discouraging seeing teams actually go out and make an effort to get better where they know that they need improvements and we have don sweeney making moves like this as well as uh um being in talks about bringing back a guy like david krejci who just played in the czech league which is nowhere near the the caliber of the national hockey league and you think he's going to come back and be what he was nick you said it perfectly a couple weeks ago it's like going back to an old girlfriend you're just getting an older less valuable thing that you've already had you know what you're getting but it's not going to be as good and you know what i'm realizing this as i'm speaking nick and don sweeney a few weeks back said that they know how much this town hates the idea of a rebuild we hate the word rebuild what the fuck are you doing then talking about bringing back david krejci and making no significant free agent signings I will give them credit for the Zaka deal. I like the Pavel Zaka trade. We we texted about that moments after it was announced. But it's like, pick a... You, Nick, I, I'm losing my fucking words because I'm getting angry. 
they keep changing their tune and they need to pick one. They're saying one thing, but they're giving us something else. Like, I, I want somebody who's going to come in here with some goddamn grit and say something and be able to back up what they're saying. That's what I want, Nick. <laughs> they're literally the epitome of taking two steps forward and three steps back. Yeah. If they bring back Krejci and Bergeron. And look, I obviously want Patrice Bergeron to come back. I he's He's a face of this franchise. I think he can still produce. I think he had, what, 60-some points last year. He's like 20 or something or less than, less than that away from getting 1,000 points. Like, he's, he's going to be a Bruins lifer forever. But I'll continue to say this, Cam, as I've said to you and, and many other people that I've spoken to on this situation. If you're Patrice Bergeron, why the fuck would you want to come back here? It, legacy. It's gonna. It's it's literally. Oh, Cam, they might not even be able to get the get to a playoff spot in their own division. Oh, I know. Like every know. every team around them in their division has gotten better, or has at least gone out and brought out and brought in people from the outside to to play on their roster. You were fighting to just be a, a wild card team last season. And your division right. is better, like you just said. Your division is so much better than it was a year ago. It, and it's and it's not just the Torontos and the Tampas and the Flor it's Ottawa and Detroit. Like those guys are coming out of the basement now. And also you so, have to compete with the Metro teams because they're competing for those same two wildcard spots. That division's right. tougher. Yeah, it's I don't know what what the true game plan is it's like they're so afraid to accept that things are going to have to change in the future and they don't want it to start yet when really like wouldn't this be the year like all right McAvoy and Marshawn like you guys are out until let's call it Christmas January so wouldn't you rather just let you know, a guy like Stanika or, or some other younger guys, you know, get some time in the NHL and see see what they can blossom into. And then you kind of can figure out, like, if you end up getting a decently high draft pick, like, then you can kind of just start it. And you still have a guy like Taylor Hall. You still have Charlie Coyle, who's highly overpaid and I don't think is anywhere near a top six center or a top two center on a team, but like you have some pieces and I think that's why they just won't let it go because they think, you know, bringing back Krejci is going to bring back this chemistry that he, that he potentially had with DeBrusque and you still have Craig Smith who disappeared last year. And now you have Lindholm here, like on your back end, but Brandon Carlo is a, is a, fixture of his own imagination he can't fucking do anything he's a turnover waiting to happen yep. and you're still relying on guys like matt grizzlick and connor clifton who let's be honest probably shouldn't be here so i mean if it was up to me they wouldn't be right so i don't know what they have no game plan cam and that's what's the most annoying part and that's what's going to be the most frustrating part watching this team next year is knowing that they have no they have no game plan and they really even if you bring back Bergeron and Krejci 
How are you going to rely on those two to keep you to keep your head above water when you're missing your best one of your best forwards in Marchand and your best defenseman in McAvoy? And who knows what David Postonok's going to do because they can't even figure out a long-term deal for the guy because he's probably like, why the fuck would I want to resign here for the next eight years if we're not going anywhere? Unless he just wants to score him a million goals in his career and doesn't care about winning a championship. They're not on, then perfect. He can stay. But I don't know, Cam. Like, they gave Sweeney the multi-year extension, so obviously things aren't really going to change all that much in the next couple of years unless you unless he gets shit-canned and Cam and, uh, you know, Cam Neely decides, you know, this isn't it for him or whatever. And I I don't know. I mean, you did you hear like Jacobs talking the other day? Like I didn't even bother reading it. They so basically like they were playing a lot of audio of it on on the sports hub, and basically they were saying like, you know, the Jacobs were like, you know, we get that, you know, one day this team isn't gonna have a Patrice Bergeron on it. But for now, we want to try and make the most of it. But, like, they refuse to say, like, that they're going to rebuild. So you're getting it from all, from every voice upstairs. Upstairs and then far away from your owners, too. So, I don't know. They, they just want to be stuck in the mud, I guess. That's that's what it seems like. The, the Jacobs uh, will change their tune real quick when the Bruins don't make the playoffs this year. If that's going to oh. happen. Because they don't get that guaranteed first-round money. I hate it's, to put it that way. I think that that's no, gonna but that's it's, gonna it's be totally, what it takes, though. It's totally true. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe they're maybe maybe they look at it too because they already have all this fucking money that maybe they don't. If the Bruins were to end up going down the toilet, where they're a rebuilding team for the next for like a few years, and ticket sales are down and. And, you know, they're not making the money that they were, you know, in the mid 2000s, like in the mid in the start of the 2010s and everything where everything really picked up. Maybe they decide they don't want to own the team anymore and they and they sell it. Who knows? But that's maybe looking too far ahead or maybe that's just me hoping that 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 scenario might happen. But I I just don't know where this team is, where this team is going to go. And the only way they're going to be able to make some sort of splashes through a trade and what are you going to get for Craig Smith who I think is on his last year of his deal what do you like unless you're going to trade Taylor Hall who just signed that fresh six year six by six deal like get some value there but really how how valuable is he to other teams right now you know what I mean like he's been on how many teams we've already talked about it like six seven teams like and I unfortunately I don't think they'll they'll move on from a guy like Charlie Coyle I think they just love him so much because you know Boston kid whatever but like you gotta make a fucking move if you're gonna make it worthwhile for Marchand and McAvoy and Pasternak to want to stay here and get through this and I think there's I don't know what the reason is but I think the fact that Bergeron and Krejci still haven't signed is kind of like a red flag like what's going on here I, I think with Bergeron, it really is as simple as him trying to figure out how he feels physically and mentally. I, I, I think it's less about where the team is. I think it's more about him personally, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but I agree, what reason does he have to come back? And 
Krejci, it's probably more personal than anything, too, I think, because he went back to, to Czechia because he wanted to be around his family. He wanted his kids to be raised in Czechia, uh, if I remember correctly, that is. So yep. he's probably assessing it, too. Like, do- But he's also been in Boston for the last, like, two weeks. So are you signing a deal or are you not? Yeah, I, I don't know. And listen... You know what I mean, though? Like, No, completely. Completely, I get it. Quit jerking us around, like, just... If you want to play here, then fucking sign and let's start figuring out how we're going to do this. Because not to mention, this team has very little cap space, so they can't even attract any fucking free agents, even though they can use like that LTIR money. But still, then what happens at the at the end of, uh, you know, when those guys come back, then you got to retool the fucking roster again. Yeah, sick throw Devers, fucking idiot. <laughs> I love you. Please, please sign here. Please sign here. Please sign please. here. You know how bad news, how much of bad news that is that Devers or uh, Soto turned down that massive deal for Red Sox fans because uh, it's just gonna make, yeah. it's just gonna make Devers want more money. Yep. So yeah, that's a double-edged sword for me. It's fucking terrible. But like, we are jumping the gun a little bit when it comes to the Bruins. There's a lot of off-season left to go. There are still significant free agents available, and who knows what they're gonna do. I would love to be surprised. I would love Don because we've given Don Sweeney credit where credit is due when it comes to trading, and I'm not totally convinced the Bruins are gonna really do anything the rest of the off-season. I don't think that they're going to, uh, but. Listen, there's still a part of me, as asinine as it sounds, that is holding out hope for Nazem Kadri, <laughs> just because he's like the one significant free agent left. That I think, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that nobody else would be a good good move. I would take Phil Kessel for the right price on a one two year deal. But Cam, then you're just going back to the same shit that we were just talking I about. Oh, I know, but I, I don't want that. I, like I want fresh blood in here. I completely agree with you, but like who Paul Stastny, I mean he's getting old. He fills the center gap, but he can also play on the wing. Like uh, wait, uh, like I don't know. What about Calvin DeHaan? Like, there's a defenseman, but they have so many fucking defensemen. That's why I I was looking at him, too. I like Calvin DeHaan a lot, but they're not going to do it because of the fact they have so many defensemen. Uh, Fucking, how many former Bruins are on here, though? Brett Connolly, Louis Erickson. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Vetrano signed in Anaheim. Three-year deal. Yeah, good for him. I've grown to really really like Frank Vetrano since he left Boston. That's how things tend to go. (laughs) I mean, look at... I'm just looking at who the Red Wings have signed so far. Andrew Kopp, Ben Chirot, Dominique Kubelik. They signed David Perron? Yeah, they did. Two-year deal, right? Holy shit. Yeah, two-year deal. Austin Zarnik, uh, Mike Zizek, Pizik, and Ole Mata. (laughs) Great signings. whatever. Great signings. It has me really excited for the city of Detroit. I I would love an NHL with a good Detroit Red Wings again. And they're, like, really not losing anybody for UFAs. Caden Fulcher, no idea. Oli, you holy, you Olivi? (laughs) You'll get it. And (laughs) Philip Larson? Like, dude, it's... And they've they've been in talks with Larkin about an extension from what I understand. Trying to tie him up for a few more years. Yeah, I mean, it it's makes gonna sense. It's going to be a damn good hockey team, dude. At least a more competitive one, that is. Right, right. I had, I don't know. 
like you said, I mean, there is a there is a long way to go, which is really the only saving grace, really. You know, for us and as Bruins fans, is that. Oh, and the Rangers signed Yarrow Halak. Nice. Yeah, that one kind of was a head scratcher for me, because <laughs> they signed another goalie too. Um, I can't remember off who off the top of my head. Well, they traded Gorgiev. Right, they traded Gorgiev, but I'm pretty sure they signed another goalie. So it's gonna. I think they're gonna have some competition for backups. Uh, I'll see if I can if I can find that while we're just talking. I don't know. Uh, either either way, Cam, like like you said, there's still a lot of off season ahead. It's just with the minimal cap space, like unless you pull, unless you put together some sort of blockbuster trade, like I, I just don't know how you're gonna make it worth anybody's while to to get excited to see this team, you know, play next year. And despite the coaching change, despite you know Bergeron potentially coming back with Krejci as well, like. It's just a carousel. It's going to be the same fucking thing over and over and over again until until they really go out and they get fucking new blood. Oh, my God. Chris Sale just got pegged with a line drive. It looked like it hit his throwing hand. Okay. That's lovely. I'm thrilled. And it's three to nothing Yankees right now. Man's just came back and he's going to have a fucking broken hand now. Yep. Ugh. Yep. He's, he's taken out. I think it hit his fucking pinky or something. I don't know. Great. Well, Cam, uh, why don't we uh, move on to some crazy free agent signings that have happened, and and the biggest one being Johnny Gaudreau, who ends up getting offered a crazy amount of money from Calgary. It was, I'm just gonna pull was it up it here 80, real 85 quick. Eighty-five over ten or something like that. Eighty-five over eight. I can't remember. Where the fuck is it? Oh, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's the off season, folks. Cut us a little slack. We're we're sleepy. Yeah. It's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eight years, eighty-four million. So that would have been ten and a half million. And instead, oh yeah, he broke his fucking pinky. Fucking it's fantastic. fucking broken. Um, instead, he signs a seven-year, sixty-eight and a quarter million dollar contract. Nine point seven five million a year. With Columbus, the Blue Jackets, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I didn't see it coming. I thought maybe Jersey or, and in Jersey, I guess was like very close, um, or Philly. But somehow, the Columbus Blue Jackets land the White Whale. What do you make of it, Ken? Well, I tweeted from our account that as the signing was announced, I just said. Johnny Goudreau to Columbus is w- definitely one of the signings in NHL history. Like, it's just, it, it throws you for a loop. And even Elliot Freeman on 32 Thoughts, he said that he was too afraid to report it, that it was, that they were in talks, because he said that if it fell through, he would look like a moron. So Right, right. <laughs> which I thought was fucking hysterical. I mean, come on, you're Elliot Friedman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is one of those ones that it, it kind of makes you scratch your head for a couple minutes. But the more that you think about it, and, and it was rationalized very well by those two on 32 Thoughts, but the more I've thought about it as well, he's closer to home either way. He's only, what, 500 miles from home? Uh, I think you said yeah. it was like a 70-minute flight from Columbus to like that area, New Jersey, on a whatever. On PJ. Yeah, no shit. Um, 
and he doesn't have to cross the border to come home either. He's a lot closer right. to home. Uh, and listen, Columbus isn't a bad destination. It, it, it really isn't that bad. And like, like look, look at Philadelphia. Does, does Johnny Goudreau solve anything for Philadelphia right now? No, and I don't even think they have the cap space to do it anyway. No, they, they probably would have had to let somebody else go to make that move. And just bringing in Johnny Goudreau and him taking up so much cap space, that leaves them with no real wiggle room to do anything else significant to try to build something around him and, and con- actually contend again. And I think New Jersey would have been a good landing spot for him, and I think that that, that would have been really exciting for the Metro. Especially but- if... If he got to, if he signed there and they got Andre Palat too, who signed there for a five-year deal. Yep. You know, two-time cup champion, unreal playoff player. Um, Like those two, imagine those two on a line together being centered by Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes. Like I know, it's sexy. Sheesh. It's such a great idea. But um, I, I think it makes more sense when you look at it that way with when it comes to those two teams. And the way that I feel about him going to Columbus, I think Johnny Goudreau wants to be the guy on a team. I think, and he was, for the most part, the face of the Flames organization for however long he's been there. Seven years or something like that. I think it was 12. 12 years? Like, probably from when he got drafted, yeah. Uh, Maybe, yeah. You might be right. But, you know, he's probably the face of that organization. You could make a serious argument for that. But... He gets to go to a probably a smaller market, if we're being real, with Columbus. He gets to be the face of that team. He's the reason people are buying tickets. And I think that it's probably an appealing thought to live in a smaller city that's a little bit quieter while he's trying to grow a family as well. And if they succeed, he's right in the middle of it. And Columbus hasn't... They have nothing to show for in their organizational history. So how appealing must that be for a player who has won at the college level too so he's already done a lot in his career he's been in the mvp conversation multiple times he gets to go to a city where he gets to be the guy and potentially lead a team to their first ever title or their first ever like true run of contention i think that's a really appealing thought for a lot of guys i just think it's just like a tough look for the league and it's not even the league's fault, you know. Johnny made the decision himself, but I don't know. I see what you're saying. Columbus Blue that... Jackets, I don't think Johnny Gaudreau. Like, I, I agree. Think, you know what I mean? Like, It's just like it's not like... But I think that what he might want and what Columbus wants in 10 years when you think Columbus, you will think Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a very valid point, and it's a good one, Cam. I just, I don't know. I find it hard to like wrap my mind around it, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe they go out and they can attract more free agents or make better trades, or you know, some some guys are probably gonna be like, hey, I want to go play with Johnny. Like, he's a good, he's a great player. Like, get a lot of points. Like. I don't know. It's just, it was very, very weird to me, Cam. It really was. It, it is weird. You're not wrong to feel that way. Because I was I literally said to my dad, Johnny Goudreau just signed in fucking Columbus. And his yeah. response just went, was, huh. What? 
(laughs) 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 It's a bit of a a punch to the gut, but I I think that it's a long, it's obviously a long-term type of move. You look at the actual numbers involved. Of course, it's a long-term move. Doi. But it's the type of thing where I think Columbus is looking for the, at the potential of having a true legacy player who is going to build hopefully a, a contending team. And, and yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe Patrick line sticks around too. I don't think he's going to, I think they're probably going to try to move on from him, but that could be an interesting combination. Having those two guys on the same team, you know, yeah. Patrick line is a more of a bigger personality than Johnny Goudreau who seems like a bit of a quieter dude, but I mean, Ying and yang type of thing two really talented hockey players yeah i just again i just think it's just weird it's it's strange to me you know like i it's it is but the but, more i've thought about it the more i've actually kind of liked it and plus we're gonna get to watch johnny goudreau like five six games a year when he plays the bruins he's gonna be in the building a lot at td garden he played college hockey here in boston so you know there's gonna be people who are excited to see him play in person again like it's i I don't know i i dig it i didn't really understand it at first but the more i've tried to rationalize it the more i'm kind of like you know what this is fun it's cool i think it has the it's a it's a risk for the league the risk that the league didn't necessarily take on itself because like you said he could go wherever he wanted he agreed to that deal but i think Mm -hmm. that it has the potential to be really beneficial for the blue jackets in the long run, which is beneficial for hockey. All right, fair enough. What what did you make of uh, Claude Giroux signing with Ottawa? No. I believe he's from the area. I think that's true. I can double check on that. I don't actually know, but that's another one where I was just kind of like, really? <laughs> like he's going to Ottawa, <laughs> but because. Um, I don't know, but it's another one where if he's from the area, sure, it makes sense. But like I said, I don't actually know. But right. it's it's another one that's exciting because, like, think about the good the, the good names that have gone through Ottawa who didn't win a Stanley Cup, Daniel Alfredson and Bobby Ryan, who was there for Jason a little while. Spezza. Jason Spezza was the, the other guy I couldn't think of. Carlson. All those guys who were the guy in Ottawa, and they just couldn't get it done. Um I think for a guy like Claude Giroux, who may or may not be from the area as we try to figure that out, <laughs> has played in the league for a long time. He's only 34, so he's, he still could have six, seven good years of hockey left in him, you know, if we're being optimistic. He's never won the Stanley Cup. We all know how badly he wants to win the Stanley Cup and wants to win. He's a, a, a pro's pro, super professional, super high high standards for himself and other people around him. I think it, it, it is the move that you want to make if you're the Ottawa Senators, to bring in a guy like this who's hungry to win, coming into an upcoming, an up-and-coming, you know, uh or it's a young team, with, team. With, tons of, with tons of talent. I mean, Drake Batherson, they have that Masterson kid as well. They have Tim Stutzel. They have Brady Kachuk. And they just brought in Alex Dabrinkit as well. Alex Dabrinkit. Oh, my God. What is going on in Chicago? They are they are literally just like, we don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, and, and who knows where Patrick Kane's going to be at the start of next season, too. And there's a lot right, of questions exactly. And, and Jonathan Taves, he, he's right. a player on the decline. Who knows what's going on there? But just, just sticking with Ottawa briefly, I, I think it's a fantastic move. This is exactly the type of guy you want coming in. Arguably the hungriest player in the NHL for a Stanley Cup, if you ask me. And 
I think that it's a great story for him if he uh, if he can do it. It's a great story for Ottawa, who still hasn't won a Stanley Cup. It, it's it's a match made in heaven. An organization yeah. with fans who are hungry, a player coming in to lead this team who is possibly hungrier than anybody else. I love it. And they just uh, you know re-signed their restricted free agent Josh Norris, eight years, sixty three point six million dollar deal. So he's obviously part of that future as well. I think bringing in a veteran guy like uh, like Giroud, he's going to be able to lead that team, kind of show them, you know, he gets to step in and, and be basically like the mayor of that team. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. him and Brady Kachuk. It's their team now, and they got tons of talent on the blue line. I don't know. I'm not going to try and pretend I know their goaltending situation all that well. Well, they brought in Cam, Cam Talbot. Oh, right. Okay, so there you go. And that's another... And you know what? That leads me right to Marc-Andre Fleury re-signing with, with the Wild, and they end up trading Cam Talbot. I told you before, I don't believe in Cam Talbot. I think he's had <laughs> way too many opportunities and just hasn't been able to capture it. I, I think Minnesota porked themselves when they went to Cam Talbot instead of Fleury after Fleury had a tough couple couple of games but Marc-Andre Fleury he gets a, he gets a deal that he wants he seems to really like it there in Minnesota like we were saying this year Cam this was the year that Minnesota had to do something they had to make that run because they are going to get handcuffed with the with the Parise and the Suter buyouts but are you happy for Marc-Andre Fleury I think the longer he's in the league, the better the league is. I agree. Um, let's just run through a few other ones before we wrap up here, Cam. Um, Chicago, they trade Alex Dabrinkit and they trade Kirby Doc. What is going on in Chicago? Uh, the the biggest rebuild we're seeing in hockey in a long time. And I only say that because of where this organization was just five, six years ago coming to at the end of a dynasty where we saw three Stanley Cups in five, six years, arguably one of the best hockey teams we've seen, maybe the best hockey hockey team we've seen in our lifetime was that Chicago team in the last 10 years or so. And they find, they finally went onto the decline. They have, you know, kind of just completely collapsed, not only as, you know, in terms of ability as a team, but also culturally, and a big part of that has to do, I think, with the fallout of the Kyle Beach situation. I think mm-hmm. that it that was, in some spiritual sort of way, if you'll allow the term, the end of that era of the Chicago Blackhawks. We mentioned Patrick Kane, what he wants to do, where he's going to be at the end at the beginning of this year or at the end of this coming season we don't know what Jonathan Taves situation truly is how he is as a player at this point in his age and his decline and I think Chicago's really look assessing the situation and thinking (laughs) like it's gotta it's gotta be the beginning of something new it has to be yeah and it's I imagine for Chicago fans it is tough especially watching a guy like Dabrinkit get traded that being said, I think Chicago, because of those trades, had one of the best drafts uh, out of any team. I think them and Montreal probably had the best draft uh, draft nights on night one, at least. And a, a big part of that was because of those moves. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is crazy just how quickly things can turn in this league. And it can't help but make me think of, like, of the Bruins situation and how close are they to, to ever doing this if they are. 
Uh, it's crazy. I think Patrick Kane deserves, you know, his talent deserves to be elsewhere. Yeah. I've I've read a lot. Like, wouldn't he look so... I think Kevin Weeks even said that on Spit and Chicklets. Wouldn't he look so good in a Rangers uniform? He really would. I don't want that, uh, though. I don't want that. Obviously. Either. I'm a Rangers fan in my life who I don't like listening to now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Kane deserves elsewhere to be elsewhere i think taze rides it out honestly i really do i agree um he's expressed his frustrations but i think at the end of the day he takes pride in being the captain of that team and he's going to see it you know all the way through uh cam i wanted to touch quickly on your team the washington capitals they made a big splash they signed the brand new stanley cup champion darcy kemper to a five-year, $26.25 million contract. And they also signed Charlie Lindgren, a three-year, $3.3 million deal. I'm not going to act like I know who that guy is. AHLer. Um, nobody who really anyone knows, to tell you the truth. Okay. Uh, they also signed Eric Gustafson, who was a defenseman on the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> and they also got... Oh my God! Where the hell is it? It's taking me. So oh, Dylan Strom, who another Blackhawk, leaving there and signing with uh, with the Washington Capitals. So Cam, and they drafted that. Wasn't it a Russian that they drafted too? Russian kid whose name, of course, is escaping me now. Uh, but I'm very, very excited. It was a great pick by the Capitals. I'll, I'll pull that up as I as I go on my little tirade here, because um, I'll start with Darcy Kemper and my disliking of that move. Um. Darcy Kemper is a guy who we both spent a lot of time talking about on this show, as people mm -hmm. will remember. A guy who we've definitely uh, doubted at times, and, and a guy who we've praised at times. Uh, and I'll always describe him this way. He is exactly what he is. He's a, a, bang, a kind of slightly above bang average starting NHL goalie. I think that's all he really is. And that being said, he also put up some of the worst numbers of any uh, Stanley Cup winning starting goaltender in, since the calorie, salary cap era began. And that was your salute. Excuse me. That was your solution, Washington, to the goaltending mess that we've been in the last two years. Uh, when we had two guys who were we fucking we shit when you had two guys <laughs> when you had two guys who could not be consistent to save their lives in Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek and I like Vitek Vanacek I will die on that hill but I, it was right to trade him to New Jersey I think he went to New Jersey I can't even remember now off the top of my head so much shit has happened in the last few days it's hard to keep track um that that was your solution was to go with with him was it because he won the Stanley Cup is that the only reason that probably Darcy Kemper was appealing because he wasn't appealing to me I mean, watching the, he wasn't even appealing to the Colorado Avalanche no and why would he be they're the ones who had to watch him let in all these softies every other night uh, throughout the entirety of the playoffs to the point where it made more sense at certain points to uh, have Franco's in that yeah <laughs> It, it, and listen, that's totally fine. Goalie by committee in the playoffs is fine as long as it works, and it did. Uh, um, what's his fucking Darcy Kemper proved that he can be the guy. Nick's laughing at me as I'm <laughs> struggling to get through this whole thing. Uh, he proved that he can be the guy. 
against a really good Tampa Bay team, against a, a pretty great offensively offensive team when it comes to uh, the Edmonton Oilers, among others, throughout this playoff run. But he did it with one of the best defensive units in the National Hockey League in front of him, and Washington is far from that. And I just I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I would have totally preferred them trading actual team assets to, to, to bring in a legit NHL goalie because I just don't think it's Darcy Kemper. What about uh, the Dylan Strom signing, though? Dylan Strom signing I do actually really like. Um, he'll fit right in playing second, third line, hopefully second line, especially with uh, Nicholas Backstrom being out for the beginning of the season because of a surgery. So he'll probably slot in with Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, you might see Marcus Johansson jump on that line because I think he he's back. He signed in a, 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 a new contract with Washington. I think it's only a one-year deal. But I actually really like the Dylan Strom line. I think that he has the potential to really complement a guy like TJ Oshie. So I think that those two together will be, will be really solid. And also the acquisition of Connor Brown I really like as well. Was, yeah, that's that's one I forgot. Connor Brown is a good – is a damn good player and – he was a guy that I would have loved to see in a Bruins uniform. I totally agree. I totally agree. Obviously, we're not going to. If I'd to, had but... the pick, I would have had him go to go to Boston. Totally. Yeah, but uh, hey, at least Washington's doing something. No, exactly. I, I can't even be mad about that. I don't love the moves, but I can't sit here and say they're not doing anything. And and right. I, I applaud you, McClellan, for going out and getting an NHL goalie. I really do. Yeah. Uh, that being said, even though I don't like the move, that being said. The Maple Leafs are fucked with the goaltending situation. (laughs) Great on Jack Campbell. Uh, Five times five going to Edmonton. Edmonton gets their goalie. I think I love that for Edmonton. I really do. Oh, yeah. It it solves a lot of problems for them, hopefully. But the Maple Leafs, all the years where they've dropped the ball, they finally had a legit goalie for the last couple years in Jack Campbell, who was battling injury a lot this year. And I didn't really realize that until just the other day when the signing was announced. Uh, he played with a broken rib for how long this season? I don't That's know. That's some psychopath shit when you're facing 100-mile-an-hour <laughs> shots with a broken rib. that That is really commendable, and he fought through it. And, you know, I know he wasn't, as good this year as he was uh, in during that COVID season. But that's a damn good NHL goalie that the Maple Leafs pretty much had to let go of because of the cap. And now they have to rely on Ilya Samsonov. Let me tell you something. He ain't reliable. I know that. His sub-900 save percentage is not reliable. <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs also signed your boy uh, Cup Denter, Nicholas Abu, Abu Kubel. Uh, 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 yeah, Abe Kubel, I, whatever his fucking name is. I think it's Abe Kubel. <laughs> and they and they signed Matt Murray too. I I oh no, the Matt Murray one is just the icing on the cake. It really is, isn't it? Oh, I like the Abe Kubel move. I think he actually fits in really well in Toronto. I I think that he'll he'll be a hit there if he can play well. I think the the market will love him. I think he'll he'll fit in right just perfectly. But Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, two fucking rejects going Sibs. into maybe the one of the biggest <laughs> hockey markets in the world. No, the biggest. The, like pro, yeah, probably the biggest hockey market in the world. The hungriest organization in the in the oh world for for a championship <laughs> in maybe any sport given the talent that they have and and the the failures of the recent seasons. It is unfucking believable the moves that they've had to make. 
They love being buried six feet below, and they can't ever dig out of it. It's so funny. <laughs> I just can see Kyle Dubas's face on opening night when one of those two lets in four goals in the first two oh, periods. His in the stupid robotic face just sitting up there, just pacing back and forth, hands in his pockets with his, you know, checkered mm. sweater vest on. <sighs> Drinking his Tim Hortons. <laughs> uh, well, Cam, before we wrap up here, let's just go over who are some of the big names that are still left as free agents, I'm just basing this off of the NHL.com's list. Obviously, they have Bergeron as number one. We think we know what's going to happen there. But the biggest name, I think, is Nazem Kadri. And we were totally. talking about him before we even before we even started the show. That dude's going to get paid. Uh, I wonder if the longer this goes on, maybe he is working out a deal with Colorado to stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their cap situation is like, but I think they would love to have him back, especially given the fact that he broke his thumb and came back and and scored some big goals in the cup finals for them. Um, if he doesn't sign there, though, Cam, obviously would love to have him in Boston, but realistically, where do you see him going? I don't know. I wish I knew. You'd love to Wouldn't see Wouldn't he that. fit in perfect in, in Carolina? Well, does Carolina have the money given the things right. that they've been taking on? That's the other team I want to talk about before we wrap up, given some of the moves that they've made. But you'd like to think that Calgary would be throwing their hat in that ring with the loss of Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, that's a good one, too. He would fit in great there. I think like he would fit in. He's got that feistiness. Red sweater, the feistiness, the Battle of Alberta with Kadri in the mix. Like, I mean, it'll just be Kadri versus Evander Kane in that situation, who extended with Edmonton. And yeah. I don't love Evander Kane, but good for him. I think that that was a great fit. I think he'd be stupid to leave, so good for him. Yeah. Um, some other names on there. John Klingberg, defenseman from Dallas. Uh, I don't know how this guy is still a free agent. I think he's a phenomenal defenseman with great upside in, in the offensive department, too. He had 47 points last year in 74 games, six goals, 41 apples. He's only 29, averages 22 minutes of ice time. Where do you see him going? Um, I think Detroit needs a defenseman bad. I think Detroit needs another proper defenseman, and I don't think Detroit. Him and Mo, him and Mo Sider playing together. Yeah, give it, give it to me, Oof. give it to Oof. me. They because I, I don't think that they're done yet. Personally, I think Detroit is looking at the East and looking at teams like Boston, who are slipping very very quickly and it's Detroit and Ottawa who are licking their fucking lips going there's going to be playoff positions opening up and I think that they bring a guy like him in or any established defenseman like him or Calvin DeHaan anybody like that they'd be stupid not to bring in a defenseman at this point because they can afford it you know I wouldn't put it past a team like even the Islanders to go after him too where unfortunately he'll where unfortunately he'll probably waste away but I mean, they, the Islanders have always had, you know, really good defensemen. I mean, just look at um, who they traded to Colorado. Now I'm blanking on his fucking name. He was injured. Uh, Islanders to Colorado? Yeah. Devon Yes, Devon Like, and Calvin DeHaan used to play there too. Like, so, but I don't know. Like, again, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know all the cap space for all these teams because I don't. I just... 
I guess I could find out, but that's a lot of work, and I don't feel like working today. <laughs> it's Sunday. I'm off. I can't wait um, to edit this after this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, people were free agents. Sign us. <laughs> Come on, give us those blank checkbooks, baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, some other names on the on that list: so PK Subban, Keith Yandel, Braden Holpe, uh, Paul Stastny, Holby's Phil Kessel. Um. Any of those guys you would like the Caps or the Bees to to take a flyer on? I I would take... I know you mentioned Phil Kessel, but I say no. Yeah, no. I, I, I was just throwing shit at the wall, hoping it would stick there, because I really don't know what else to say for the Bruins at this point. But um, I'll take Braden Holpe back in Washington on a one-day contract so he can retire in, in a place where he was meant to be. He should have never left. Get, and, and 2020 hindsight, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, Ilya Samsonov was supposed to be the successor with VTech as the as the backup after Hopi's depart- departure. That didn't work out at all. G- give me Braden Hopi on a one day deal to retire with Washington because I-, I think the guy's done. Unfortunately. Yep. Um, I haven't heard anything, you know, from BY or anything about Keith. Um, I saw some some Twitter account was like said that he had already announced that he's going to retire or something, but it came from like a, a Philadelphia flyer, like fan blog type situation, like type website. So I don't put any validity to it. Um, I hope Keith keep gets an opportunity to keep playing because obviously for all the reasons that, you know, we've, we've talked about him. I, he's a fucking legend. So hopefully he gets another opportunity somewhere else. We'll see what happens. But, um, as for like Phil Kessel, like I'm good. G- yep. Give me. What about Sonny Milano? Does the name move the is meter a, at all? Is he a free? Is he a free agent? Uh, yeah, allegedly, unsigned. I don't think that he. I think he's unrestricted. And he was with Columbus. He was with Anaheim. He was the one who gave Zegers that pass over the net. Oh, that's right. I, I, dude, I take Sonny Milano on the Bruins in a heartbeat. I really would. It's something. It gets the meter going a little bit. He's not huge. I'd take my fucking dog on the Bruins right now if they at least they would make a fucking move. Hey, then they'd, they'd be getting Bergeron either way. Sick. <laughs> oh, wait. We never even talked about the Pavel Zaka uh, trade. One for one for Eric Halla. I really like it. I've always liked Zaka's game. Agree. He's a big boy, six foot three, former first round pick. Uh, I think he immediately, if. Even if they don't sign Krejci, he can immediately step in and play that second-line role. Uh, restricted free agent, so the money's going to be fairly cheap as well. I think it's a great move. I think Holler really, you kind of figured out who he was and what he provided, and it really wasn't all that much. He went in, he, a streaky player. He was a streaky player. He wasn't sure. anywhere near the type of player that he was in Vegas. But His Vegas I like season the deal. was a one-season wonder, if we're being real. Yeah, I like I like the I like the deal one for one. I think the it helps the Bruins, you know, down the middle for sure. I completely agree with your assessment there, Nick. And I liked Eric Halla with Boston. I mean, he had forty four points, but you're right, he was streaky. But when you get Pavel Zaka, a you're taking away a Bruins killer because he always played so well against Boston, but has consistently for the last three four seasons now been a thirty point per season player. Whereas Hala, if I remember correctly, I'll, I'll check this because I think I had his page up earlier. 
Uh, Hall has only ever ascended over 30 points, I think, two or three times in his entire NHL career. You're getting a younger mm-hmm. player in, in Pavel Zaka, I think, with a higher upside. So give me Pavel Zaka every day. He's good as a face-off man, too, which is obviously important as a center. So I love it. I, I, I give Don Sweeney and Cam Neely props on that one. I think, I think it's a really good move. I agree. And we're, we're, we're out of time here, but uh, shout-out to the Carolina Hurricanes for being, at this point, just legends when it comes to making moves. Brent Burns going to Carolina is fucking sick. And also... Dude, I literally said when I found out that Mike Greer got the GM job... Like we were texting about it in the ring shrinks. I go, well, bye bye Brent Burns, mm-hmm. and sure as shit, that was like his first move. Yep. And uh, also one last little shout out that I have to reluctantly give: Pittsburgh Penguins keep the band together after all. After they all do. the fucking drama about Latang and Malkin, they they actually did it. It's unbelievable. I can't say I'm yep. thrilled about it, but I mean, it's probably it's good for the league. I think. Yeah, and and good for the city of Pittsburgh too, totally. because. It would have been so weird seeing Malkin in any other uniform. I, I had a feeling Latang was, was going to stay there. I'm surprised he got six years, but hey, John Henry actually paid somebody, so there you go. I think that the new ownership group probably has something to do with it. Bad reputation yeah. in Boston with baseball already because of Mookie Betts and some other situations, but uh, I think that they looked at that and said, oh, shit, we kind of probably should at least make an effort to keep these guys. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. Well, I'm all, I'm all set, Cam. I don't know if you are, if you have anything else. I mean, listen, feel free. there's a million other things we could touch on after the last couple of weeks, but yep. it's Sunday. I'd like to edit this and, and just chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, and watch the socks get fucking smoked. Oh, I'm not even going to bother. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't care. I will, just because I like pain. <laughs> no, literally, nobody hates the Red Sox more than Red Sox fans. Yep, exactly. So, all right, well, that'll do it for us, third line grinders. Again, we're free agents. Fucking sign us. Peace.